bonjour, and welcome to The French Way, the podcast about French-inspired wellness for healthy living and sustainable weight loss. I'm Karen Gombo, your French-American host and certified weight loss coach. So grab a coffee and a croissant and let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of The French Way. I am so excited to talk to a guest today who is Carly Fauth, also known as Fit Fun Carly. So we're going to have a lot of fun today talking about what she does. But just a brief introduction. She's a fitness instructor, mentor, and founder of Fit Fun Carly a lifetime fitness fanatic committed to promoting mental health through fitness. Her passion is teaching busy women how to fit fun and efficient fitness techniques into their lives so that they can get their self-confidence, their fitness motivation back using customized wellness techniques. She's from Massachusetts, has two sons and a dog that we might hear about later. (laughs) We'll see. And I was really drawn to her through her energy. And I also think that what she does in her message is about making fitness fun is different and not really what we see all the time. And I thought that bringing her on would be great because in France, where women actually don't work out that much, but they love to dance, they love classes. They love Pilates and yoga and the social aspect. I thought it would be a really fun and and interesting conversation to have. So Carly, welcome. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Yes, me too. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the world of fitness. So I grew up very active. I have active parents. So we were exercising a lot throughout my entire life, but it was never thought of as a workout. So we would ski, we would do all these these great outdoor activities. So I think I kind of built a very healthy relationship to fitness as a child, which carried all the way through. Being a fitness instructor wasn't necessarily my goal in life, but it was something that I always was interested in. So I had a job in marketing, advertising. I did that typical career path. But then as I got older, I realized that fitness was becoming more of my passion. So I took a bar certification class, and I can't say that I fell in love with bar, but that's kind of what I fell in love with teaching fitness through bar. So then I started getting certified, I was certified in yoga, started teaching all different classes, Start I started an aqua fitness company. And then I realized that I came to a certain point where I thought, well, maybe I should specialize in something because I was kind of becoming a jack of all trades of fitness. And I couldn't really figure out what I had a passion for, and then I realized I had a passion for teaching and for helping women build their self-confidence through fitness, which is a pattern I was seeing with the people that were coming to my classes. And I think that's why I built the following. It was, it was less of what I was teaching and how I was teaching it and how it was carrying over to all aspects of their lives. So that's when I, I sat down and I thought to myself, how can I create something that involves everything I teach, but a more personal way of teaching it. So I came up with the um, 66 day fitness mentorship where I work with clients one-on-one and we develop a customized fitness schedule that works specifically for them trying to come to break down any barriers they have, whether it be 
physical barriers or time constraints or lack of motivation, because I believe that fitness is not one size fits all. So we really work to create an experience that they will find joy in, that they will want to do, because I don't think that, I think if you don't find something fun, you're not going to want to continue with it. And consistency is the name of the game in fitness. So that's kind of how I started with this fitness mentorship. And then I built a fit fun community, which is based on fun fitness in 15 minutes, live okay. daily workouts. Um, and that's more of like a group atmosphere. But I was seeing that that 15 minute model was working with my one-on-one clients because I was dealing with very busy women who just couldn't fit it in. So then I created a whole community around that. And, and I've been having a blast with that too. So working with people one-on-one and then working with people in the group, I just I, I get so much joy helping people see that fitness does not have to be a drag. Mm. Okay. And yeah. why 66 days? So 66 days studies have shown that that's what it takes to build a healthy habit. So we work together for those 66 days to kind of cement the healthy fitness foundation. I think people think fitness has to be these that like 60 minute classes a day to be in good shape, but it, but it doesn't. If you can build a consistent fitness foundation, then you'll have times in your life where maybe you'll have more time for a class and you can take it up a notch, but then you always have that healthy base to come back to that's manageable that you can handle on your own. So 66 days, if people need to continue beyond that, there's options for that. But I do believe that 66 days is the perfect amount of time to, if you're willing to put the work in to, to cement that healthy fitness foundation. Okay. And why 15 minutes? Is that a magic number? Is it just something that you found worked? Like what was the motivation or the choice behind 15 minutes? To be honest with you, I think it just felt like a really digestible amount to me. And that's what I started offering my clients. Not, it wasn't like a magical number I had in my head. It was just something I offered. And then I realized that that was, you can, you can get a lot accomplished in 15 minutes. As long as you're consistent with it, you will see results from that. It's the consistency is the thing. And also I was noticing that people were like, oh, 15 minutes, that wasn't that bad. So when I was done with that 15 minute workout, I popped in another one or I pressed play on another one. And before you know it, they were doing more than they ever thought that they could because it's digestible. Okay. So digestible and also the fun element. I want you to tell me a little bit about the fun element, because I think that that's often People see working out as a chore or they have such negative image of working out. So I'm just curious about how do you make it fun? And can you give us like a a really good juicy example? Um, So I think most of how I make it fun is probably the way I show up for people in, in my classes in the 15 minutes, you could get them on demand or live. Because I am doing the workout too. So a lot of what I'm saying is I'm kind of talking to myself as well. It's like a microphone right into my brain of what I tell myself. And it's very, um, by design, like what you see is what you get. Like I'm not, I'm not hiding anything. Sometimes my kids walk in, funny things happen and I laugh at them. I can laugh at myself and I encourage other people to laugh at themselves and also talk them through the process of, you know, this, this may stink right now. This You may feel so uncomfortable right now, but I promise you that when you're done, you're going to feel so amazing. So get through the yuck, get to the end, and you're going to feel so much better. The other thing I do is I, I help people really 
realize that if you don't like to do something, I ask people right off the bat, what do you hate to do as far as fitness? Do you, sometimes it's running, sometimes it's jumping jacks. Well, you know what? Let's take that off the table. I don't, I don't like working out at night. Great. Let's take that off the table. So we can kind of fine tune when is your peak time to work out where you feel your best because that's what it's really about. And then also the structures of my workouts. I, I like to create things. You'll never get the same workout twice. So being creative in the way people move their bodies and the way people are getting fit, showing people how they can get fit sitting, sitting at their desk when they have an extra 15 minutes where they don't have to like get into workout clothes. They could do it in their jeans. So really making it more of making it comfortable, which ends up making it fun because I think once you start getting into that habit and you see the way you feel mentally and physically afterwards, that's when the fun kicks in because then you have the self-confidence to actually enjoy what you're doing. Well, I would love for us to dive in a little bit too because we're coming up on the holiday season and Mm -hmm. the holiday season is... I think a time where a lot of women struggle, they're overcommitted. Mm-hmm. They put their own needs on the back burner. Everybody else comes first. They overschedule. There's a lot of parties. There's a lot of, you know, drinking and eating and excess sugar. And so I'd love for you to talk about how, you know, based on what you've seen in your experience, how can people stay committed and and kind of focused or motivated during this time of the year? I think right off the bat, it's just admitting to yourself that it is a tough time of year. Mm. My number one tip is practicing grace. So knowing that you may not be getting exactly what you would like to get done fitness-wise during this period of time, but that's not a reason to completely quit. So if you do have a little bit of that stop-start thing, Just make sure you keep starting because every time you start, you're moving the bar forward of where you're starting from. So realizing, not putting so much pressure on yourself, just understand there's going to be peaks and valleys in your life. That's part of building the Healthy Fitness Foundation is that to be able to come off it a little bit, but always come back. So number one, I think it's just being realistic and not being so hard on yourself and, and don't make fitness becomes something that's taking away from like the joys of the holiday season, because there's a lot to be enjoyed. And if you can't enjoy it, I I feel like that's kind of sad. So keeping everything in perspective, my other best tip, and you could say you're not a morning person, but I don't buy it, is getting up early and getting it done, putting your stamp on the day before anybody else does. I don't think anyone is born a morning person. I think it's something that you can develop And then all of a sudden your body starts getting used to waking up in the morning and it's not so brutal. I think people think this getting up early and getting it done sounds so exhausting and how will they get through their day? I can guarantee you if you do your workout in the morning, you will have more energy during your day and you then you don't have to worry about it. So that's my greatest tip of all time. But there are people that will fight me on that and say that they're not the morning person. But I just encourage everyone to try that. Big time. And yeah, I can. I can completely relate because first of all, on your first point, it's, it's just about, I say to also the women that I coach, stop starting over, just keep going. (laughs) Because when we have a starting over mindset, it's, it's also like we failed at something and, 
And then it's it's like refining that motivation. So I think you know, just keep going and the giving yourself grace, I think is is I, I would fully agree. On your second point, I'm a huge morning person and I exercise daily. So I can also only, and I wasn't all my life. So I can only also encourage people to to do that. It's funny because when you do sleep late, if that happens, it's like your your day is completely off. And just setting yourself up for success, I can completely attest to that also, is that it sets the tone. I love what you just said about putting your stamp on the day. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it because it does, it completely sets the tone. And I think you end up also eating better and making better choices because you also, you know, honored something in your body at the the beginning of the day. Yes, 100%. The other thing I would say too is at the beginning of your week, whenever you consider the beginning of your week, sit down and schedule your workouts. So, mm. but but that's a twofold tip because don't really look at your other schedule of other things and be realistic with the schedule you're setting for yourself. I just worked with a client and she made herself an aspirational schedule because because she thought that that would maybe get her. By setting, by set, by writing it down, that maybe she would do it. But what happens is, if it's too aspirational and it doesn't happen, you feel like a failure. You feel like you failed. Where there was really no chance that you were going to do that anyway, based on your real life schedule. So really look at your schedule. Be realistic with how much time you want to commit to fitness, and how much time you do have to commit to it, and what you will do. And then make a deal with yourself that whatever you put on that schedule, you will accomplish. If you have to move it around, I, I like to sometimes tell people to have a backup plan every day. They they want to get up early and do it. Well, let's find another another spot that you can do in case that in case that didn't work. So you never feel like you're failing. There's always another chance. But that's that I use that a lot. The planning is a huge, huge piece of of the success of being successful with fitness and sticking to a consistent schedule of the planning ahead. Yeah. And I, and I, I fully agree because, and this is what I also, I tell all of my ladies is your personal stuff comes first mm-hmm. on your agenda. You know, the family stuff comes second mm-hmm. and the work stuff comes third, but mm-hmm. you and your health and your needs as soon as you're scheduling it, first of all, I think you're sending a signal to your brain telling yourself you're important, mm-hmm. your needs are important, and it's also a signal that you're sending to those around you. So it's the first thing I'm like, it is not selfish. It is self-care. I think the scheduling aspect, I hadn't thought about the backup plan. So that's a mm-hmm. that's a, a great idea. But yeah, scheduling it. It's huge. It's huge. And yeah. just a bit, and again, really being realistic. And the other thing is start out small. Like there's no Mm. need for you to be thinking that if you haven't been doing anything lately, you're going to jump back into like a 60 minute workout. Why? Why? Because the idea is to get the little wins that are going to build your confidence to get to where you want to be. So start with 15 minute workouts. And, And if you're not a morning person, I feel that plays right into giving that a try because Getting up 15 minutes earlier is not going to break. Like, Set your alarm 15 minutes earlier to get your movement in and then get that feeling of how that feels. And then you're going to want more of it. And then it kind of builds on. So start really small. 
What about somebody who hasn't done like anything for a very long time, you know, and maybe they've, they've, they don't eat, you know, hardly ever walk or they've done nothing. Like where would the starting point be in terms of recommendation of, of the kind of activity and the kind of, you know, schedule that you would recommend? Starting small again. So with 15 minute workouts, walking, like building up your walking. I think walking is a great place to start. I also think the best place to start is let's say you were in a, in a, and I'm not like just promoting my stuff, but you were, you did have access, even if it was Peloton or something where you were looking at the workouts that you could do, go to a small amount, like a 15 minute workout, look at what's, what there is and see what appeals to you. And maybe you don't know, but just look through and be like, Oh, that looks interesting. Let me try that. So go by feeling. I wouldn't get all worked up about how you should be balancing your workouts and what exactly you should be doing because you're going to overwhelm yourself. You're never going to start because there's so much information about out there, especially for middle-aged women and what they should be doing that it's just, it's too much. So go by what you feel like doing and also try to think back on a time of your life when you were active. Because even if it was when you were a kid, what were you doing that was that that was making you feel good when you were active? And how can you maybe incorporate that into something you're going to start now? Okay, so we have give yourself grace, have Mm -hmm. a morning routine, Mm -hmm. schedule it, start Mm -hmm. small. Anything else also that you would recommend (laughs) as we head into this, you know, Uh period. I have one more thing that is like the, my favorite thing of all. And this is, this is what I'm known for. And this is the whole joy piece too, is celebrate your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is I, like, if you have this week that you've planned out, if you get to your end of the week and you've accomplished all your fitness things, why aren't you celebrating that? It doesn't have to be like a trip to Disney World. It could be like having a quiet moment with a really good cup of tea for 15 minutes by yourself, but schedule that celebration just like you would your workout and do it. You owe it to yourself. Celebrate the fact that you, you accomplished a tiny goal that's going to bring you closer to your bigger goal of being really fit and feeling really good about yourself. So that's the, that's where the joy comes in. Attach joy to the fitness experience. And be really strict about that, just like you are with your workouts, because I hate to say it, but like no one is going to celebrate that for you. So you have to find little ways to celebrate yourself and that builds self-confidence too. And that builds like your inner glow and your happiness of noticing the little things. So that's, that's like my favorite tip. I love that too. <laughs> and I practice um, that. And do you find that, that women, because I hear what you say about, you know, find something you like, just try it, you know, kind of pick what appeals to you. Do you find that it changes over time? Do people get bored or do a lot of people like to stick with kind of the same thing? I think it depends on your personality. I think sometimes there is a fear of trying something new and you get so locked up into what you used to do that you may, maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't feel connected to your fitness anymore is because you're holding on to something that isn't you anymore. And there's so many ways to exercise and to be active that I'll use running as an example. If you're, you've been a runner forever and ever and ever, and used to run marathons all the time, and you're so committed to that running, sometimes it's good to take a step back and be like, 
am I still finding the joy and what I used to find in running? Is it still working for me? Is it still serving its purpose in my body? And don't be afraid to say no, because there's so many other things you can do. So I think there's a fear. I think it's really important to be well-rounded in your fitness and do different things physically and mentally. It works your body in different ways. Mentally, it keeps it fresh. I think that happens, especially with middle-aged women, when your body starts to change and things just maybe don't feel like they used to. And you can kind of go down the rabbit hole of being like, oh, I'm not not as strong as I used to be. But you, there may just need to be a shift. There's other things that you can do. Yeah. No, I've seen that also personally. You know, I don't do HIT anymore. I'm 53 and I find that it just, you know, those high intensity workouts just, you know, in terms of joints, injury, it's just where I used to love that. I think it also keeps us motivated when we're trying new things and experimenting with new things. And it's, I've noticed it's also the same thing with just adding variety. Mm-hmm. will keep us motivated and keep us interested, I found. so. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And it's also great to be a beginner because when you're a beginner at something, that's when you see the quick changes in your body or the quick mm-hmm. improvements. When you're a beginner, that's when the, mm-hmm. the changes happen faster. And what about strength training? Because it's I know everybody recommends strength training as we get older. So I'd love to hear your take on that and what mm-hmm. you recommend for somebody maybe who has never done it, like how would would anything change in what you recommend? So I think uh, obviously strength training is super important, especially as we get older, bone density and just being really healthy in our bodies. But again, if you're like going through the internet and all of a sudden you feel like you have to be a power lifter and you have to start lifting these really heavy weights which if you like that, great, go do that. I would see a trainer if you're going to start lifting really, really heavy weights. But for instance, in my classes, we use hand weights. I'll never tell you the number of, I'll say light, medium, or heavy. And we work with weights a lot. I think that's really important, especially if you're just starting out is to listen to your body, go for a class or go, go to some kind of workout that where you're going to get an explanation of form. Form is hugely important. Mm -hmm. But the internet is helpful there too. Like if if you don't have the money to be going to classes, you can always Google the correct way to do a squat or a bicep curl, or there's so much, there's so many resources out there where you can really make sure you're doing it properly. But yes, I would say to start out, maybe if you've never lifted a weight before one time a week and then build up to two times a week. And then maybe three. The other thing is how when I work with clients, I say there should be a well-balanced week of your workouts. You should have a little bit of everything. However, there's always something that appeals to you more. So for me, I, I love cardio, always have. Like, that's my thing. If I had to choose to do something, that's what I would do just because I love it. So I lean more towards cardio, but I still have my strength training in there. And then some weeks, maybe I'm like, okay, maybe I need a break on the cardio. And then I'll lean in a little bit more towards, towards strength. So it's, I don't think it has to be the same thing every week. Again, I think it's really important to tune into what you like to do and give. And really, if that's going to keep you moving, lean into that, but make sure you're getting a little yoga or stretching or bar Pilates, like the working the tinier muscles, slowing things down, super important toning. And then the strength training with weights and then cardio and 
there's so much, there's so much out there, but I really feel like it's important to be well-balanced. And could you maybe tell us a story of maybe a client you've worked with and, and how starting to introduce fitness into their life can actually transform or yeah. has had a positive impact on her life? So um, there is a woman in my Fit Fun community and she's a grandmother. And when she first started, and this was, she was just, she had worked out, but she really hadn't been consistent in years. And she told me, I've never been able to do a push up on my toes ever. And so I said, okay, well, we can work on that. So I did an upper body challenge and it was um, based on 15 minutes a day strength work. So she was able to do a push up on her toes after uh, it was 30 days of consistent mm. work with 15 minutes. It was awesome. So she was able wow. to do that. So she is, she is now she's, she's very consistent. She works out every morning and she's now she's climbing mountains in New Hampshire. She's reaching her goals. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Things like that are, are, I find it helps to set some kind of goal. Is it something that people have to do is to set a goal like that? Or does it not have to be something like that? Is it just remain consistent and show up? I think goal setting is super important. However, I don't think that you always have to have a goal, right? I'll use myself as an example. I was very goal oriented. And now my goal is consistency. So now that's what I'm working on mostly is my consistency. I do when I work with clients one on one, we do set a goal. And then we have mini goals as we go along, because I think that helps. But I don't necessarily think you always have to have a goal you're working towards. Maybe it is just being consistent. Maybe that is your goal. So I think it depends on the situation. It depends on the person. Great. And I, I would love to hear about you personally, what you do nowadays in midlife to, you know, you said you love cardio. Yeah. Um, is that the <laughs> only thing you do? You know, like how is your, what does your schedule look like? I am very well balanced in my schedule. And I have to say, since I've hit more midlife, I've been more tuning into what my body feels like it needs rather than what I feel like it always has done. So I was more, in, I used to do um, half Ironman triathlons and sprint triathlons, and that was my thing. But as I got older, I was feeling a little disconnected from that training. So I kind of dialed it back. So now I'm really into listening and, and I crave what my body needs. So I swim every week. Um, I, I do still run, but I'm not going for pace anymore. I'm not going for time. I'm more into the enjoyment of the running experience. I walk a lot. I do do Tabata hit classes once a week, but like you said, I have to be very careful with my joints. So lots of times I'll make that low impact. Um, I do yoga every week. I, I do try to do something every day, strength training two times a week. I know that I am better when I do something every day. But if I get tired, I allow myself a day of rest. So now I'm more into like really listening to my body and not having it be like, like punishing it. So it's more of a, I feel like I have a very good relationship with my body right now, probably better than I ever have. Yeah, I think it's so important because I think as we age, there are things that we can't do that we used to be able to do. And learning to adapt to what our bodies can do now, I think will, personally, it's helped me stay consistent. And yes, mm -hmm. I've had to change up 
you know, my regular routine and, and what I do. But I think there are just seasons in life that once you learn to listen to your body and find something you love doing, it's actually easy and it becomes, it's like brushing your teeth is the way 100%. I see it. it. It's, it's just, you have, I think, you know, the benefits of, of consistency, whether it be the energy, you know, body shape, body composition yep. as we get older, I found, of course, you know, muscle mass, I think it's just so, so important. Yes. So, yes, okay. yes, exactly. What do you do outside of fitness? Because obviously you love this world and it is your life. And, you know, I know you're passionate about your clients, but like, what else do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, believe it or not, like I love food. So I love to okay. cook. Um, mm. I love to eat. That's one of my passions. I am a mom, so I have two boys. Mm. So I'm, I'm very busy with them at sports. And I, I love spending time with my family. I love to travel. I love going to Denmark. My family is of Danish descent. So I love traveling there. Trying to think what else. I just really, it's funny. It's like moving and cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to bake, but I love, I love to cook. Okay. I like writing. I like writing too and reading. Okay. What, What was the last book you read? Oh gosh. Um, or one swimming of the last to, books. Swimming to Antarctica. It's a, oh. it's, it's a fitness book. I forget the woman's name, but it's about a woman in the 50s who trained and she swam to the Arctic Circle. It was just really interesting and very inspiring. Wow. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. So two last questions before I ask, you know, where we can find you and everything. Tell us one fun fact. So something that maybe not a lot of people know. And yeah, something fun or, or something you, not everybody yeah, would know. Well, that's I'm such an open book. I feel like everybody knows everything. Well, one interesting thing, I, I don't think everybody knows it, but I'm a Reiki master. You're a what? Reiki? Reiki, Reiki master. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I really enjoy doing that. And I do spend most of my time now with the Reiki working with cancer patients. So okay. I volunteer my time to help cancer patients with the benefits uh-huh. of Reiki. So, yeah. Okay. No, I did not know okay. that either. Yeah. Okay. This is, and this is just a, a very basic question that I love to ask. Do you like coriander? <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. I, I think I do. I'd never have said that I didn't like it. Isn't okay. that like um, cilantro, dried cilantro? Yeah. Yeah. I so, love yeah. cilantro. Okay. So I think yeah, it's I cilantro. Do. Yeah, it's the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I love cilantro. No, you're right. Coriander is probably in French. I get mixed yeah. up. So anyway, okay. <laughs> so I knew it was yeah, cilantro. I do. But it's funny. My son thinks it tastes like soap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because do you like it? I, yeah, I love it, but it's a love or hate thing. And it's genetic. It's actually genetic. Yeah, is, is that's why so funny. And it's just... It's a, such a funny topic of conversation because it's just such a black and white thing. So I was just it curious. Uh, I love so, it. Okay. I love that's it. so funny. And it's called cilantro. Indeed, it's coriander. Yes, and, but and that's okay. I, I knew, I think I knew it. <laughs> I was like, that must be what it is. So tell us, first of all, anything else that I might have forgotten to ask that you would like to share? First question. And second question is, tell us, how can we find you? you know, where can we, if we wanted to work with you, like, how could we go about doing that? 
there's really nothing else. I think, I think you could, you asked me so many great questions. I feel like I really got to talk about my passion. So on that front, great. If people would like to get in touch with me, my email is carly at fitfuncarly.com. And my website is fitfuncarly.com. And you can find me on Instagram at fitfuncarly. (laughs) And and I'll put all of that into the show notes. And um, of course, and I would like to just encourage people to check you out on Instagram because you've got some great videos. Thank you. Thank you. Also, one that I was looking at recently using wine bottles as, <laughs> as a way. True, you can. You can. Yes. yes, you can. So it's also being fun and I think practical. So this has been great. Thank you so much. We also Thank have you. so much in common and we met completely. It was a completely random meeting before we got on this, of course, and we'd spoken before, but it was uh, wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And like I said, I'll put everything in the show notes on how you can get in touch with Carly. Talk soon, everyone. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, be sure to follow so that you don't miss any episodes. Au revoir et à bientôt.